Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Today, I'll be speaking on the topic, the ultimate prize. The ultimate prize. And by that coinage, it presupposes that there are prizes that are being paid. There are, there are offers that have been made. And there have been prices that have been paid on the account of the offers that have been made. But today we are zeroing in very clearly on the ultimate price. When God made heaven and earth, the Bible told us that he saw that everything he made were good. But when God made man, the Bible was very clear with the way he described the goodness. The Bible said he saw that everything he made, when he made man, that it was very good. But as man continued to operate upon the earth, man began to play with sin. The scripture told us that the serpent came and tempted Eve. The moment man fell, to the advances of the serpent, sin was introduced. The moment sin was introduced, the perfect order was distorted. Everything plummeted. Everything went down. A man was no longer reigning where God intended man from the onset to reign. Sin began to increase. Sin began to multiply. Evil pervaded the entire earth. And that was the order of the day. Every plan to redeem man didn't succeed. Enoch was a man who rose in the tide of the evil that was prevalent upon the earth. And the Bible said that he was with God. He walked with God. But he could not stem the evil tide. God took him. After, after, no, after Enoch left, a man like Noah arose. The Bible said while everybody was doing evil, there was a man who kept his family. The Bible said this man was Noah. Noah ran away from the evil trend that was running in his time. And he kept his family. The Bible said the Lord watched and watched. And when evil continued to multiply, God decided to destroy the earth that he created. But he said he was going to preserve the family of Noah. And he did preserve the family of Noah. And after the flood came and washed off the entire human race, he kept Noah and his family. But when they came out, that thing still sprung up in them. Noah went, he built a vineyard, he began to drink, and he became drunk. And in his drinking and in his becoming drunk, his son went there and saw the father in his drunken states. And saw that the father was not only drunk, but the father became naked. And he beheld his father. He looked at his father. He began to laugh at his father. And in his laughing, he didn't end there. He went to his two brothers. He said, come and see daddy. Daddy has taken this in again. He has taken it and this time around, he is messing and misbehaving. Come and see daddy, naked. And as he was bringing the two brothers, and, they, as, he was, and as he discovered that their father was naked, they turned. And they went and they brought a blanket and they covered themselves one at one end, one at the other end, and they moved backward and covered their father's nakedness. 
And when the father arose from his drunken situation, after he had taken so much, he woke up and discovered what his son, his youngest son had done. And the Bible said that he cursed his son. Sin continued to multiply. The order that God wanted to be restored back could not be ascertained. And he continued in that order. The scripture made us to know that after he left, the Bible said Moses came. Moses was supposed to be a judge, a ruler, man who was supposed to deliver the people. But the scripture told us after Moses died that he did not bring the people to their place of rest. Kings came afterwards, judges arose, prophets reigned. None of them could bring the order that God needed. And the Lord began to ask, who shall open for us the scroll? No man was found upon the earth who could open the scroll. Either anywhere, nobody was sufficient or adequate as it were to open the throne, the scroll. But Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he came with a perfect agenda and manifesto. His agenda was to be born that he may die. The reason why he came was that he may be born and that he may die. So that he can win back for us that which we lost when our father sinned. And today, I'll be sharing with you five things that he paid. The five areas he paid the ultimate price. As we'll be looking at the book of Matthew and also Isaiah chapter 53 that we read during the scripture reading. Turn with me to Isaiah 53 as we look at the very first thing, the very first price that Christ paid on our behalf. And I saw that in verse 3. Isaiah 53 verse 3. The Bible says that he is, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. We hid our faces from him. The first price he paid was the price of abandonment. He was abandoned by the ones he came to save. He was abandoned. We hid our faces from him as it were. We hid our faces and he was despised and we did not esteem him. I begin to wonder what my master suffered as he was abandoned by those who he came to save. The Bible told us that he was abandoned by his disciples. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 55 and 56, the Bible told us clearly, in that hour, Jesus said to the, disciples, to the multitudes, have you come as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. And verse 56, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then, all the disciples forsook him and fled. When the disciples discovered that Jesus was not ready to save himself and to save them, they ran away. When Jesus turned himself over to the enemies who came to apprehend him, they ran away. They forsook him. They left him to face it all alone. He came because of them. He came because of you. He came because of me. But at the point at which he needed us most, he needed his disciples at least for the ministry of comfort, the ministry of care, the ministry of presence, they forsook him. I begin to wonder what Jesus suffered 
even at Gethsemane. The Bible said that he took his disciples. He said, my soul is sorrowful unto death. The Bible said he took them that he may pray. But when he got to a point, he told them to wait so that he could go further. But in going further, he said, no, I still need people around me. He took Peter, he took James, he took John because he needed somebody and he carried them. As they were going, he said, you stay here. Tarry with me. Watch with me. Let me go and pray because my soul is sorrowful unto death. The scripture told us that the blood that came out from his face was as thick as blood. And of course, he suffered so many things. But at the point at which he needed his disciples most, they forsook him. He came the first time. He said, are you sleeping? He said, can you not watch with me for just one hour? The Bible said he went back. He prayed again. And I presume, and I know I, must, I should be correct. He prayed for another one hour. And he came back again. And he told them, you are still sleeping again? Can you not watch with me for just one hour? He went again. He came back the third time. He met them sleeping again. He said, all right. The scripture said the second time their eyes were heavy. He said, all right, the hour has come. My betrayer has come. Let's stand to go. Even with that, they still abandoned him. I've seen church members who have left church because they were sick. Nobody visited them. They left church because nobody visited them because they were sick. Somebody traveled for one month, two months. Nobody called to say, where are you? We are not seeing you in church. Person called to say, I'm changing church. That church, they don't care enough. They don't care. I am changing church. I'm changing church. I am changing church. I'm going to my child's church. I'll be attending my children's church. You're changing church. Jesus Christ was abandoned. He was abandoned, but he knew that was the ultimate price he needed to pay. And he was ready to pay it. No matter what it would take, no matter what it took, he was ready to pay it to the very end. He failed the trials all alone. They were asking him, are you the Lord? He will look around. Probably nobody to defend. And the Bible says he kept quiet. All alone, he faced it all alone. And he was still going. Because he knew that was the reason why he came. That he would die. The second price he paid was not just the price of abandonment. He faced and he paid the price of betrayal. He was abandoned. And after he was abandoned, he was betrayed. I saw clearly in that scripture, in Matthew chapter 26, from verses 15 and 16, you will see the issue of betrayal and said, what are you willing to give me if I, in short, before that point, you know, at this point, if you read the verses before, the verses before, you will remember the Bible told us how in Bethany, the woman came and broke the alabaster box. And the Bible told us how Jesus received it. But the disciples got angry. One of the narratives, on one of the narrations of the Gospels, said Judas withheld them. He said, why are you spending this much money? Jesus said, leave him. Leave it because he is doing it unto my burial. And anywhere the scripture is preached, what this woman has done shall be remembered. The Bible said at that point, verse 15 came up. Of that scripture we are talking about in 26. And he said, what are you willing to give me? Because she, he discovered that if you will not allow us put this money in the purse so that I can be taking it whenever I want, okay, I will go and sell you. I will betray you so that we can sell you with big money. If you will not allow money come into the purse so that I can have access to it, then let's sell you. And he went. He said, what will you give to me if I deliver to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. 
how did he betray him? Matthew 26, verses 47 and 50. The Bible says, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And verse 50, but Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Is it not instructive for us to note that even the people did not know Jesus? Jesus was not different from his people. The same clothes they were wearing, he was wearing. It was very difficult for them to distinguish Jesus from the disciples. So he said very, a very simple man he was while he was there. Because he came, all he came was to die. He came that he may win for us the salvation that we needed. And when it was time for them to betray him, he said, anybody you see me kiss, a kiss of betrayal. How, how, what infantry did this man have? How couldn't he have pointed from afar? He said, you see that one that is at the middle, when you count from here, number one, two, three, four, he's the fourth person. If you count from here, he is the seventh person. Why didn't he do that? He had the infantry and he walked up to Jesus and he kissed him. He didn't even slap him. For us to say, I want to kill you, let's start with slap. He didn't even say, okay, it is this one. It is this one. It is. He kissed him. And Jesus said, where have you come? And he addressed him. He said, friend. Ah, if it was us. He said, we say betrayer. Oh, you betrayer. Oh, Brutus, Brutus. Abi. But he said, friend. He still called him friend. You know why? Because he knew it was for this purpose that I have come. He was betrayed. He was betrayed. He was handed over to the enemy. But that was why he came. Even in the betrayer, he called him friend. He was abandoned and he was betrayed. He was not only abandoned and betrayed, he was castigated. He was castigated. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7 that we read from the onset, the Bible says that he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. People who should not open their mouth to talk to him, open their mouth and they talk to him. Every Tom, Dick and Harry spoke to him. He was castigated by the Jews. They said things he didn't do and they said he did it. The Bible says he opened not his mouth. People who were passing by, the passers by, they passed by and they railed insults at him. He kept quiet. Even the thief on the cross insulted him. Are you not the Christ? Didn't, didn't they, didn't, were, you, were you not doing miracles? Why not you just release yourself and release us too? Look at that thief. He also wants to come down and continue his tea free. Why not come down? Why not come down? Save yourself and save us. Everybody found opportunity to insult him. He kept quiet. He was castigated. Things he didn't do, they say he did. He was accused. Everybody came from every corner of the earth to accuse him. But he kept quiet. He didn't say a thing. I've always said, I've always said it and I'm going to say it again. That if I were to be Jesus, thank God I'm not Jesus. And of course I can't be Jesus. As people were saying all those things, even as they, even as they, hung, as they hung him on the cross, if I were to be the one hung on that cross, I would just say, Father, please, can you grant me five minutes? Just five minutes. Lord, I will not use five minutes one second. Five minutes. 
And immediately as they are still seeing me hanging on the cross, they will just see me on the floor. I will come down. And they will still see the nails still hanging there. Hanging. And as, and as they are trying to run away, I say, Lord, as they are running, let them be getting blind. Lord, as they are running, let their left leg, not their right leg, let their left leg be bending to the back. They are their right hand. Let it bend to their hand, to their back. I will commit all manners of things. And I say, Lord, as they are running, let them be hitting themselves. Hitting themselves. And as they are hitting themselves, let them be coming back. Let them be coming back. When they finish that, I will now say, Lord, after they come, I say, Lord, take me back to the cross. You know they are the ones that will bring me down themselves. They will bring me down. But my Lord Jesus didn't do that. He looked at them and they were castigating him. They were saying all manners of things against him. And he took it. He showed, do you know how Pilate, called, how, 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 how Pilate looked at it? He marveled because he said, don't you know that what they are saying against you is called treasonable felony? You will be killed. He kept quiet. He kept quiet. You know why? He was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. If The Bible says, if the priests of this world had known, he would not have betrayed my, he would not have crucified my Lord Jesus. I wonder the kind of things Jesus took on my account. I wonder the manner of pain my Lord suffered on my account. I wonder the kind of excruciating pain, agony he suffered because people who shouldn't talk to him talked to him only because of me. He did this thing because of it was not the nail that suspended him on the cross. It was his love for me. I was not even born. And anybody will say, Pastor, you are not a monk. It was for me too. He said, for those who are being saved, he did all these things. Not only was he castigated, he was denied. He told Peter ahead of time. He said, look, before the cock will crow, you will deny me three times. You will deny me three times. And Peter was one disciple, one of the two disciples who followed. Peter tried. Peter tried. Peter followed. And you know it was not only Peter that followed. Peter followed. And John followed. John was even seated there. Peter followed. And while Peter followed, he was just somewhere at a distance. And he was watching. He was seeing how they were giving him blow, uppercut. They were giving him bah, and he would, he would go like this. He would not cry. They were flogging him with, with, with cane that had knife and scissors that had blade everywhere. As they flogged him, bah, they would draw it. Blood would spill into the air. Peter was looking. He was developing high blood pressure, I guess. Wondering how much my master was suffering. All because of him. All of a sudden. While he was wondering. A, a servant girl came. Said you are one of them. Peter said. No. No. Because he began to. If I say yes. They say oh, yeah, enter. You are next. He said God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. God for I thought if I come. The things I will see. I will be able to bear. I am not. After that person came, he said, no, 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 no. You are a Galilean. You are a Galilean. Your voice betrays you. He said, the Bible said that he swore with an oath that I don't know this man. See, denier. The Bible has said, Jesus told him, he said, the devil has sought to sift you. But I have prayed for you. When you return, strengthen the brethren. The scripture told us, the third person came, a group of people. He said, ah, 
there is nothing you can do about it. You are one of him. In the Bible said now he began to swear and to curse. God forbid, may God punish my wife, punish my children. If I know this man, in short, may God, may the day of my death be a day of sorrow. If there is no curse, there is no swear. He did not swear. I swear, I swear to God. I swear, I swear to God. He wanted to be free because he felt if they count me among this man, my own pain will be terrible. He was denied. You know the people who acted the passion of the Christ? They did it so well. It was when the cock crew the third time. Immediately after, they showed Jesus looking at him. And he remembered that the master said, you will deny me three times. All these things he did because of me. And I see these things still happening today. And finally, he was not only denied, he was executed. My Lord Jesus was executed. But in the execution, he still remembered, I came for an assignment. And he said, seven things upon the cross. The seven things he said on the cross. The first one he said, I thirst. Water had finished in the system of this man. He got to a point where he began, he began to be in need. He said, I thirst. The pain, the floggings, had taken everything off him. He said, I thirst. Not only did he say, I thirst. He also said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? The pain became so terrible, he could no longer bear it. He said, Lord, surely you have forsaken me. A lie, a lie. Lamax abaktane. You have forgotten me. You have forsaken me. And at the point, even while he was feeling all these things, he saw John and he saw his mother. He said, John, behold thy mother. And mother, behold thy son. Even when he was still going to die, he was still concerned about you, about us. Not only that, he looked at the people who were killing him, who were beating him and hanging them on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Ha! Huh? And I begin to wonder, sir, are you sure? These people, well, he said, no, they don't know. And the fifth thing he said, he said, to that thief who said, will you remember me tonight? He said, tonight you will be with me in paradise. And shortly after he said it, he knew time was coming to an end. The door was closing. The chapter was coming to an end very quickly. And he lifted up his eyes to the heavens and he said, Lord, into thy hands I commit and commend my spirits. And finally, the seventh thing he said on the cross, he said, it is finished. The ultimate prize had been finished. He was abandoned. He was betrayed. He was castigated. He was denied. And he was executed. And he finished it. And if you look at that scripture we read when we began, in Isaiah chapter 53, you will discover in verse 6, the Bible made us to know that he has given us peace. In Isaiah chapter 50, 53, verse 6, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible says, all we like sheep, in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace 
was upon him. The reason why he paid the ultimate price was to give us peace. Peace in our nation. Peace in Nigeria. Peace in our families. Peace in our internal being. He came to give us peace. The second reason why he paid the ultimate price was to bring healing for us. In that same verse 5, the Bible said that he was bruised, but he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Anyone who is sick, Jesus went there and paid it so that we can be healed. He also went there to finalize the issue of our sicknesses. So he has brought us healing. Number three, he went there to conclude the issue of our salvation. He was wounded in verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. Today, sin can no longer hold us bound. He has paid it all. He has given life for life so that we can in him reign in eternity. Unfortunately, even today, the same price he paid, we are still making him to still worry over those price. See, today we still abandon him. So many of us have abandoned the faith. We say, who abandoned him? The disciples. Well, we are the disciples of today. We have abandoned the Lord. We have abandoned our faith. We have abandoned our calling. We have abandoned our service in the kingdom. And the master is saying, what difference are you making from what the disciples made? Today we see people who still betray the Lord. Who still betray the Lord. We stand before the Lord. We give the Lord away because of the things of this world. We betray the Lord with reckless abandon. Not only do we betray the Lord, we castigate the faith that we belong to. Some of us, it's only for us, it's only for us to be seen in our workspaces, for people to know the true, the true picture of who we are. And when I say who we are, I'm not just talking to you, I'm also addressing myself because I want to make heaven. We're talking about the fact that how do you take God and how do you address God? How do you relate to the things that bothers him? Are you still denying him? You hear the word of God again and again, and you are still denying him. Those were the things he came to pay for. And you know, he said, can we execute him a second time? He said, anybody who becomes born again and backslides, it is like making Jesus to die a second time. And again and again, I see us do that. The Lord is calling us. He's calling us to a serious issue. He's calling us to return back to him because this was the price that he paid. He was abandoned for you and I. He was betrayed because of us. He was castigated because of us. He was denied because of us. And he was executed because of us. So that he may win for us peace, healing, and salvation. If only you hear the voice of the Lord today, the Bible says, harden not your heart. Can you bow your heart and bow your head as you close your eyes? Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 
5-7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.